0: Thank you so very much. Let's get into the word of the Lord this morning. Uh, Thank God for his goodness. Uh, I'm in a ministry uh, of teaching uh, this morning, and what I'm teaching is Paul preached Christ. Just three words. Paul preached Christ. Isn't that awesome? Now, today... We're going to be in volume one, but we're doing part five and part six today. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of this ministry. Look at at our teaching today in 1 Corinthians chapter four, Paul preached Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter four, we're going to be looking at the first two verses, and then we're going to be skipping down to verse number 10 and reading, Paul preached Christ, all right? 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Let a man to account of us, as Paul is ministering, as the ministers of Christ, as the stewards of the mysteries of God. More required of stewards that a man be found faithful. And then in verse number uh, 10. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 10. Paul said, For we are fools for Christ's sake, uh, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, uh, but you are strong. We are you are honorable, but we are despised. Even at this present hour, we both hunger and thirst and naked, buffeted, have no certain dwelling place, and labor, working with our hands, being reviled, we bless, being persecuted, we suffer it, being defamed, we entreat. We are made as the filth of the world and are the offscarring of all things unto this day. Then he said, I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. For though you have 10,000 instructions in Christ, yet have you not many fathers. Then Paul is going to say something. I have begotten you through the gospel. Then he's going to say to the church, wherefore I beseech you, be followers of me. Isn't that something? I have begotten you. Then he's going to tell, tell us how he begotten us, okay? He begotten us through the gospel. This is how you are begotten. This is how God begot you. He did it through the gospel. You are saved by the gospel. You are born again by the gospel. All right, now let's pray and let's get right into God's word, okay? Heavenly Father, we thank you for begatting us. We thank you for borning us, making, you, making us your sons by the gospel, by the preaching of Christ and him crucified. Now we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. Thank you for your goodness, your mercy. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, your precious blood. Thank you for your righteousness, your peace, your joy and the Holy Spirit. Now lead us and guide us, teach us, help us to understand your word and the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, and I all agree with that process. Amen. Amen. Praise God for His goodness. Now I'm in the midst of a series, and you know I like to preach series to preach Christ. You got to preach series because there's so much, and so today. I'm going to be talking about, uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians, let's show you that you're there, let's go to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, so we're going to back up, Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and what we want to look at in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 is the first five verses, because that's where we're going to get today's subject, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Uh, The first five verses where we're going to get the subject, Paul says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Then he said, I was with you in weakness, I was with you in fear and much trembling, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So we're going to be talking about verse number two as our part five today. I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him. And so I want to talk about Paul preached Christ crucified. Paul preached Christ crucified. Now let's back up to, to our part one, part two. Now you remember in part one I asked a question, who are you following? I know we're so used to, in, in America, everybody have their own church. Everybody have their own bishop and everybody have their own pastor and everybody have their own stuff, you know what I mean? And then we have denominations where every denomination have their own stuff, you know. But in the Bible, that's not the Bible. You know we gotta we gotta separate the Bible from religion, because in the Bible, the body of Christ is the church. Let me say it again: in the Bible, the body of Christ is the church. See. Naturally, we made denominations the church. You know, we got the church of God, we got church of God in Christ, we got the church of Christ, we got the Baptist, the Methodist, the Protestant, the Catholic. All those are churches. And in all those churches, they are people who lead those churches. What well, but that's that's not the Bible. Let's, let's understand that there's a difference and that what you're talking about and the Bible. I'm talking about the Bible church. When Jesus said upon this rock, I, build my, I will build my church, he did not use an S. He just called it the church. And then if we look at the word church, let's go to Ephesians and let's see what the church is. In Ephesians chapter number 1. And let's read the Apostle Paul's prayer, shall we? Now we're going to get into our message today, but let's read Paul's prayer. In verse number 15, it says, Ephesians 1, We're going to put that up on our screen. Ephesians 1, Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith, in the Lord Jesus, and love to all saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glories, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. He's praying for the church. May give you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceedingly greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him in his own right hand in the heavenly places. talking about when he raised Christ from the dead. He set him in his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might, and dominion, and every name that's named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. And that's the dispensation of grace, which is the world to come. And hath, past tense, put all things on his feet and gave him, gave Christ, gave him to be the head over all things to the church. To the church, not churches, to the church, the body of Christ. Which is his body. The body of Christ is the church, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. The body of Christ. Now, how did he get the body of Christ? He goes into the second chapter, verse 1. How did he get the body of Christ? And you, has he quickened who were dead and in trespassing sin. He's telling you how he got the body of Christ. We were dead in trespass and sin. So the Bible says in verse number four But God, who's rich in mercy for His great love, wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us, the church, together with Christ. For by grace are you saved. So God told us that we are the church. Now, the reason I'm saying that because the church only one have the church only have one head. Christ is the head of the church. The church is the body of Christ, and Christ is the head of the church. So we have to understand that in America. We have physical locations. But let's not forget that there's only one church, only one body. And let's go to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. And verse 1, it tells us about the unity of the Spirit. Ephesians 4.1. And watch what the Bible says. I'm going to get in my message, but I want to remind us what the Bible said, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord Jesus beseech you to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. With all loneliness and meekness and long-suffering forbear one another in love. Watch what he says, the very next verse. Endeavoring. Make every effort. That's what endeavoring means. Make every effort. To keep the unity of the Spirit. See, when we got everybody, churches, we're not concerned about the body of Christ. We're only concerned about our denomination. Just think about what I just said. We're not concerned about everybody, the body of Christ, no more. We're only concerned about our denomination. Now, how, how, how do I know that? Like I said, I've been ministering now uh, a little before, four to 41 years, been pastoring 36. So we have to understand that it's not about us. It's not about our denomination. It's about the body of Christ. And I, be, I pray that that we will begin to see what the Bible sees and not just our denomination. Because that's all we talk about is our denomination. Whatever denomination you go to or be a part of, that's all they're going to talk about. What's going on in our denomination? Church, listen. The body of Christ is not a denomination. So we got to think that way. Now look here. The Bible said, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And then it says in verse number four, there is one body. And that one body is the body of Christ. And then there's one spirit. That one spirit is the spirit of Christ. And on and on and on, and one hope, and one Lord, and one faith, and one God, and one Father. That's how we're supposed to be thinking. But if you're in a church of God in Christ, church of God in Christ is not going to talk about nobody but church of God in Christ. What's going on in the church of God in Christ? we the church of God in Christ. And if you ain't in the church of God in Christ, you're not saved. See, that's, that's not good. And it's not just putting down the church of God in Christ, but we have to understand that whatever church you're in, it's not about that. It's about the body of Christ, the body, one body. All right, now one body has to do with members. Look look at Galatia. See, one body has to do with members, members of a body. So if we are members of a body then we all are one body. Now look what Paul's talked about as you look at the word. So this is why I like preaching the Bible because it doesn't, it doesn't center on denomination. It's all about the body. All right, let's get in my message. I was going to get to some things, but I'm not going to go there. We're going to talk about Paul preached Christ crucified. Now, what do I mean, Paul preached Christ crucified? There's a Christ before the cross. There's a Christ after the cross. See, there's a, before the cross is Jesus. Now, Paul came as son of man. That's before the cross. Jesus came after the Son of Man before the cross. Then there is a new man, Christ, after the cross. Want to show you that. Now, my first teaching in this series had to do with know who you're following. Now, let's give you that in Galatians 2, chapter 2 once again, verse 7 and 8. Galatians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. There are two visions. That's why I taught last week. Galatians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. You have to know there are two visions. There is a natural vision through the apostle Peter about Jesus and John and James and Jude. Then there is a heavenly vision. Or by the Apostle Paul two visions so Galatians chapter 2 verse 7 and 8 in the King James it says but contrarywise when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision that was was committed to me Paul says, Paul said the gospel of the uncircumcision mean that they did not have a covenant the Gentiles did not have a covenant that's why they call it uncircumcision the Gentiles was committed to Paul and then there was a gospel of the circumcision of the gospel to the Jews who were circumcised so those were two visions and then in verse 8 says and he that wrought effectively in Peter to the apostleship of circumcision to the apostleship Peter to the apostleship uh, of the circumcision and the same was mighty towards Paul to the apostleship of the Gentiles so in the Bible the Bible has Peter as the apostle to the Jews, Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles. In our everyday world, we have just taken that and made every church, every denomination we want and gave them all apostles. Now, now that's, not, that's not what the Bible said. That's what we are doing, but that's not what the Bible says. Let, let, me, let me go back to Ephesians 4 before I get my message here. Let me show you something. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4, watch what the Bible did say. Let's go down to verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Let's show you what the Bible says. See, thank God for people who know the word and don't mind by standing up ministering the word. I'm going to be talking about today. Paul preached Christ crucified. But in Ephesians 4.11, watch what the Bible said. And he gave, now that's past tense. He didn't say he's going to give. What we've done in churches, we just make people who we want them to be, and that's not Bible. Look what the Bible says. And he gave past tense some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. The saints were the church of God. All oh, the children of Israel, for the work of the ministry, and then for the edifying of the body of Christ. Edifying of the body of Christ, not, not just your church, but to build up the body of Christ. Till we all come, how long? Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, Christ, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Paul preached Christ. For whom the whole body fitly joined together, the one body fitly joined together to the head and compacted by which every joint supplied according to the effectual working in the midst of every part Make an increase of the body unto the air find itself in love. Now, my whole point is this. Paul preached Christ. Paul preached the body of Christ. Paul did not preach denomination. That's man thing. I just want to make sure we understand that denomination is man thing. Denomination is not God. It's not God's doing, it's man doing. What man is preaching is totally different what God preached the Bible. Two different things. So let's go to work. So that's why I told you about the two visions. Let's go to First Timothy chapter one, verse 11 and 12. First Timothy, chapter one, verse 11 and 12. 1 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. See, if, when you're in denomination in churches, you're not preaching the body of Christ. You're preaching your denomination. You're not trying to build the body of Christ. You want to build your denomination. And anybody that's not a part of your denomination is really not saved. It's the truth. We don't want to hear it, but it's the truth. If you are not in the church of God in Christ right now, you are not saved. Because the church of God in Christ believes that when you're in the church of God in Christ, you're in the church. If you are not in the apostolic church, you're not saved. If you're not in the Catholic church, you're not saved. See, that's, that's not what this Bible teaches. So really what's going on in the churches, we are preaching division. And that's what a DI divide, division. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. Then we're going to skip down to verse 16. Verse 11 says... Paul says, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. So God gave the gospel of Christ to Paul, committed to Paul. Then he says, and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. Then he went through his past, who was before a blasphemer. I was a persecutor, I was injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it in and unbelief. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ was abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Then he said, This is the faith for saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ came into the world to save sinners. Of whom I am chief, howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first, Jesus Christ might show all long suffering for, for a pattern. Paul, now become the pattern to them which shall hereafter believe on Christ to life everlasting. Now, to him that's eternal, immortal, invisible, to the only wise God be honor and glory forever and ever. So, we already got a pattern. God gave us the Apostle Paul life as a pattern, and showing us that when God saved Paul, he could save anybody. He used his life as a pattern. Now, let's, but he, he committed the gospel to his trust. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 9, 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 17. We're going to get into some stuff today, and I want to do all the talking before I get there. So you understand what I'm saying. First Corinthians 9:17 says, For I do the He's talking about God had him to preach Christ. Paul says, if I do this thing willingly, I have reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed to me. Remember, God gave Paul the dispensation of the gospel. We can't come 2,000 years ago and preach what we want to preach God already gave the Apostle Paul for us the dispensation of the gospel. That's what we're supposed to be preaching. And if we did, we would all have our own church. We'll be all building up one body, and that's the body of Christ. And until we all preach Christ crucified, we're not going to build the body of Christ. i never seen in my lifetime, out of the 40 years of ministry, the lust, the lust in churches to be somebody, the lust, the lust that going on in local churches Everybody want to be somebody. I'm talking about for the leader. Or over this, and over this, and over this. Not the body of Christ. It's in denominations real bad. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 17. Paul said, so I do not... Fu- If I do this thing willing, I have have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed to me, what is my reward then? Verily, when I preach the gospel, I I, I may make the gospel of Christ, there it is, the gospel of Christ, without charge, that I abuse not my power In the gospel. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, and then I'm going to get in my message. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm sorry. Ephesians chapter 2. Something I want to show you here. Paul preached Christ. Now in Ephesians chapter number two, let's go to chapter two, verse 11. That's what I want. Ephesians chapter two and verse 11. Now I'm gonna go to Ephesians three and one first. Let's go there first. That's what I want first. Ephesians chapter three and verse one. I want to show you, this is God's plan. And God gave it to the Apostle Paul. Here it is. For this calls I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God. Watch what he's saying. The dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me for you. Now, if God gave, and he did, the dispensation of the grace of God to Paul for me, then why am I not preaching the gospel of Christ? God gave the dispensation. Watch this, Ephesians 3, verse 1, verse 2 again. If you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me, to you it, so God gave the dispensation of grace to Paul for us, just like God gave the law to Moses for Israel. Think about it. God gave the law to Moses for Israel. Israel can't go out and have their own books, their own Bible, their own teachings separate from that God gave Moses. What God gave Moses was for Israel. What God gave Paul is for us. Why don't we preach it? Let's show it to you again. Ephesians two. If you heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given to me for you how that by revelation he made known to me, Paul says the mystery as I wrote afore in few words whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as is now revealed to the holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body, partake of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Wherefore I was made a minister. Paul said, this is why I was made a minister, according to the gift of the grace of God, Given unto me by the effectual working of his power, unto me he says, not us, unto me, who am the less least than the less, the less of the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and make all men see that including us, what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world, "...has been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now under principalities and powers and heavenly places might be known by the church, known by the church, not the church of God, not the church of God in Christ, not the Baptist, the Methodist, the Prophets, the Catholic, the church, the body of Christ, the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ, Jesus our Lord. Until we get back to being the body of Christ, how we expect to teach the Bible to the body of Christ. I want to say good morning to the body of Christ. See, I, 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 I'm, I'm at a local church, which is, which is called the door of faith. But the door of faith is also the body of Christ. But the body of Christ is more than just the door of faith. And I believe this is why God has allowed us to go on Facebook, YouTube, and all these other communication systems Television, cable stations, and all the things that we're on because we are ministering to the body of Christ. I can't say that or not. We are to feed the body of Christ, not just people under our denomination. Our vision must change. And if not, we will hold on to division. Shall we continue? Now, let's go to Hebrew chapter 5 and verse 1 through 9. We're going to show you Christ in the flesh because I want to deal with his suffering. From the book of Hebrews chapter 5, And we're going to start reading verse 1. We're going to read through verse 9. Now we're talking about Christ in the flesh. Now remember, suffering took place on this side of the cross. In the flesh. Christ suffered in the flesh. Before the cross. That's what the cross is about. The cross is about Christ's suffering. And ultimate death. Hebrew chapter 5, verse 1. Every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men and things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Now, why is Christ gonna have to suffer? Why is he gonna suffer? Because he's about to offer. His life for sins. So he's going to have to suffer. He's going to suffer for our sins. Now, in verse number two, who can have compassion? Talking about the high priest. He's made a high priest. He'll be able to have compassion on the ignorant and on the them that are either way for that he himself is compassed with infirmity. And by reason hereof, he ought as for the people, as so also for himself to offer for sins. So when Christ die, he's going to have to offer sacrifices for himself and the people, just like Aaron. And in verse number three, Verse four, and no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God as was Aaron. Aaron just Christ was also called of God, so also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest, but the Father that said to him, Thou art my son today." i have begotten thee why and he said to thee in another parable thou art a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. verse seven who in the days of his flesh he made sure he say that because christ's suffering was in the days of his flesh I want to make sure we understand that his suffering was in the days of his flesh. In verse 7, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears in the flesh unto the Father that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Now, here is God's Son in the flesh paying the ultimate price as a man, as Adam. And because of his suffering, the Bible says, through prayers and tears, he feared. And he prayed to him that was able to save him from death. Therefore, he was a son, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the thing which he suffered. Now, you must understand, people will never learn obedience until they come to the cross. People would never learn obedience until they receive the cross, until they receive the message of the cross and become a son. After Jesus became a son, the Bible says he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. You too, me too. I don't care how much people try to make us obey. You're never going to obey until you become a son. You don't obey God to be saved, but once you are saved, you can obey God. Let me say it again. You do not obey God to be saved, but once you're saved, you can obey God. And you can't obey God until you're saved. Listen to what they're saying. Once he become a son, he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. As a son, you know something you just can't do. Once you become a son... Paul said you put away childish things. Once you become a son, you realize I can't do that no more. I learn obedience because I have the Holy Spirit in me who teaches me now. So anytime you try to do something wrong, the Spirit of God retrieves you, pulls you back from that stuff. That's that's what happened. You learn obedience. You don't learn obedience before you have the Holy Spirit. When God gives you the Holy Spirit, you learn to obey. Thing that you did before you saved, once you receive the Holy Spirit, you don't want to do that no more. The Holy Spirit in you fights against that in your heart until you don't want to do that no more. Watch what he says here. Who's in the days of his flesh, verse 7, Hebrews 5, 7. When he had offered in prayers supplications with strong cries and tears unto him, That was able to save him from death and was heard. His prayers were heard in that he feared. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience. Though he was a son, he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, talking about high priest now, being made our perfect high priest, he became the author of eternal salvation under all them that obey him. Call of God and high priest after order of Melchizedek. Now, watch, watch how it happened. Go to Luke twenty-two thirty-nine. 39. Go back to the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 22 and verse 39. When did all this happen? I'm going to show you when Jesus Christ was in the Garden of Gethsemane on Mount Olive, it's where he was praying before he died. And I'm going to show you, during that prayer, he came to a place where he did not want to die. And at that time, the Holy Spirit, the Bible called the angel of the Lord, is going to appear to him and strengthen him so he's going to be able to go on. How is that going to happen? The Holy Ghost is going to minister to him during his time of his soul. Don't want to die. Feared. Strong crying and praying. That was in the garden. And God is going to go to his son. Encourage his son. And the Bible is going to show you that the Father is going to remind him of the joy that was set before him. The Father is going to remind him of what's on the other side of that cross. And because of it, he's going to be able to go on. I think that's that's some good stuff. Now watch this. I'm going to give it to you, Miss Crump. Write it down for me. I'm going to show you that Christ is in the garden. But I'm going to show you Hebrew chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, is what you're going to write down, right? You're going to write that down. Hebrew chapter 12, I'm going to show you. God is going to show Jesus what's on the other side of that cross. Then I'm going to take it to Philippians chapter number 2, and I'm going to show you verse... 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 8, 11, right in there. God is going to show him what's waiting for him. See, when you know what's waiting for you, you're going to be able to go on. Regardless of what you're going through, you're going to be able to go on. And that's what this message is about, preaching Christ crucified. God allowed Jesus to go on by letting him see what's on the other side. This is good stuff. Luke chapter 22 and verse 39, watch this. He came out, and as he walked, they had just left the place where they had taken the Passover. And now he came out, and he went as he was walked to the Mount of Olives. His disciples followed him. And when he was at the place, he said to them, Pray that you enter not in the temptation. And he was drawn from them about a stone cast and kneeled down and prayed. Now this is what God showed Paul in the book of Hebrews. And the prayer that Jesus prayed was, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me Jesus is praying in the garden. He's going to pray it three times. Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup of suffering from me. And right there in the middle of that prayer, it says, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. What happened? We'll come back here in just a moment. What happened, Ms. Crump? Here it is. The next verse is going to tell you what happened. There appeared to him an angel from heaven. How, why was Jesus ever... T- here he is crying out and sweat, drops, like drops of blood coming off of him. He was praying. His soul feared. He didn't want to go to the cross. And the father had to go to the garden, manifest himself in the sight of man, stand beside his son, and encourage him with the word. Go encourage him with the word. I know what he said to him. Watch this. One of the things he says, thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Know what he says. Well, watch what else he says. Let's go to Hebrew. We'll come right back there. Because the angel, the Bible said the angel of the Lord from heaven strengthened him. Let's go and show you what it says. Hebrew chapter 12. See, this is what God revealed to the apostle Paul. Hebrew chapter number 12 told you what what happened. Hebrews 12 says in verse number one, wherefore sin we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which does so easily beset us and let us run this race with patience, the race that's set before us. Paul is ministering to the church. Now who were those witnesses? The one he told them about in Hebrews chapter 11 talking about Noah and Abraham, and Isaac and Jacob and on down the road. Then it says in verse 2, looking under Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, then he's going to stop right there and say, who for the joy? Watch it. watch it. How was Jesus able to? How was Jesus able to Go on when he's at a place where his soul filled. At this place is when the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God in him took over. Now, I want you all out there to understand me. When you're saying you have Christ in you, the Bible told us that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Anybody know what scripture that is? The kingdom of God, not meat and drink, but the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, some of you out there, I want you to put on a line, let the other know you know where that. In the book of Romans, I give you that much. 14th chapter, I give you that much. Some of y'all get it out the way. Romans 14, 17. Some of y'all need to mark in your Bible. Forgot it already. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. What did Jesus preach? Anybody can tell me what was Jesus' message. What did he preach? Matthew 4, 23. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. So that means the kingdom of God was in him. But now, how we talked about the kingdom of God, we talked about Christ, but we don't know when Christ's gonna show up himself. Jesus feared crying, didn't want to go on, and all of a sudden the word of God says for the joy. That was set before him. Look at what it says, Hebrew chapter number twelve, Hebrew chapter number twelve, verse two. Let me read it again. Hebrew twelve two. Looking unto Jesus, often finish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, what did he do? He endured the cross. How was he able to do it? How was he able to do the cross? Because of the joy that was in his soul, because of the joy that was set before him. Let me tell you something, God gave you what you need if you would just walk in it. Look at Jesus that often and of our faith for the joy that was set before him and do at the cross. Listen. How do you think he endured the cross? How do you think he endured all the suffering and eventually the cross and death because of the joy that was set before him? Should we, we not look at the joy that was set before him, despising the shame, and now he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God? Let's look at it. Philippians chapter 2. Let's look what was set before him. When you know what God got for you, you're able to go through a whole lot of stuff. But you got to know, when you know that God has given you the joy of the Holy Ghost, watch what God already had in his word for the Lord Jesus. Here it is, Philippians chapter 2. And verse number six, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient, that is, to death, even the death of the cross. How could God get his soul back to humility when he was weeping and crying and afraid to go through to the cross? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the one who carried him on. The Bible used the term that an angel appealed to him and strengthened him. We talk about the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God, remember, Hebrews 12 and 2 says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame, sat down on the right hand of the majesty of the throne of heaven when he realized, when the Father, I believe with all of my heart, that the Father came here and ministered to him and said, listen, you're only going to have to go for three days. I'm going to be right here with you. I'm going to walk you right through it. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to leave your soul in here. Neither will you suffer corruption. And after the third day, I'm going to raise you from the dead. I'm going to set you on the right hand, my right hand. You never got to go through it again. He says, daddy, let's go. For the joy that was set before him. What the father said to him, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. The Bible said, "Wherefore God, in verse 9, Hebrews, Philippians 2, 9, the father exalted him giving him a name which is above every name, that neither the name of Jesus every knee should bow every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord in heaven, in earth, and under the earth. And every tongue shall confess his Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Father ministered to his Son. And when he ministered to his Son, watch what happened. Let's go back and finish it out, Matthew Matthew, Luke chapter number 22. Luke 22. The Bible says in verse 43, Luke 22, 43. There appeared to him an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him and being in agony. He prayed more earnestly, and he sweat as it were great drops of blood falling to the ground. But the Bible said, but when he arose from the prayer, when he arose up from his prayer, Hallelujah! He come to a disciple and found them sleeping. He said to them, "Look, why sleep? Rise, pray lest you enter temptation." He did it three times, but the last time he came, you know what he told them? "Sleep on now, boys. Take your rest. I got my victory in prayer. I got my victory, and now I'm going to the cross. Come on, the one that want to get me is on his way." My time is up, and I thank you for yours. Give the Lord a big hand, clap of praise for his his word. Hallelujah. That's what you got to have. You got to have the Holy Ghost, man. You going through something, make sure you got the Holy Ghost. Watch this. First Corinthians 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach, Paul says, which also you have received, and where you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins, according to the Scripture. He was buried, then he also rose again the third day, according to the Scripture. He was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. He was seen of above 500 brothers at once. He also was seen of James, and then also of the twelve. Last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. If you can believe that Christ died for your sins, bear it, raise again for your justification, you can receive eternal life right now. My time is up. Thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you.